Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. My guest today, Janine Garner, is a best-selling author, a global thought leader, and has produced a number of award-winning marketing campaigns for the likes of Ralph Lauren and Citizen Watches. Janine has won the International Stevie Award in recognition of her achievements in the workplace and is passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Just our kind of guest, huh? Janine has three teenage children, two ragdoll cats, and a French bulldog called Harvey, who collectively are her hardest but most enjoyable experience. And if that isn't enough, Janine has completed two Tough Mudders. Oh, I've done that as well. And one Spartan race. I haven't done that. We'll find out about that one. And I'm very, very much looking forward to this one because Janine was recommended to me by the wonderful Oscar Trimbley. You may remember he was a Sandro Forte guest not long ago. And Janine is here today to talk about unleashing our inner brilliance to be brilliant, which, by the way, is the title of her latest book. Welcome, Janine Garner. Oh, Sandra, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Pleasure, a pleasure. And right in the middle of your book launch, which we'll find all out, uh, out about, because, um, you know, being brilliant is something that every listener to this podcast uh, is keen to know more about and your, and your take on success. Um, so very, very grateful to have you as a guest today, Janine, uh, not least because it must be very difficult uh, for you to find 30 minutes, especially right now, busy schedule all of the time, three books, keynote speaker, leadership training, virtual training, leadership programs, private mentoring, inner circle mastermind group, podcast host, not to mention the newspaper articles and blog, uh, blog posts. So note to self, all round talented lady, how on earth First of all, do you find the time for all of that? Do you know what? As you just read that back, I'm like, I'm sounding so exhausted just listening <laughs> to that. I have no idea sometimes. Isn't it fascinating? I, um, I once, it's, it's that question. It's that question we ask people all the time. How on earth do you do that? And when we're in it, we have no idea. It's only when we look back and we go, geez, how on earth did I do that? So um, I don't know. I think I just have this, um, this unwavering appetite to keep growing, Sandra. I've just got an insatiable desire to keep learning and to keep giving and sharing and becoming better. So there's, there's no stopping me. If someone sets me a challenge, unfortunately, I tend to say yes. <laughs> well, you, you and me both, I have to say, and you've, you've hit a nail on the head for me and, and for many people listening, Janine. I just want to explore that, if I may, because yep. a lot of people strive uh, with some degree of success or another um, to create this 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 work-life balance. You hear it talked about all of the time. We never quite perfect it. What I'm kind of hearing is that you, you don't wake up in the morning and go, right, you know, how do I balance my day? Because you enjoy it so much, because you have, as you say, that insatiable appetite to constantly improve, um, your feeling is that everything else takes care of itself. Because you do have a busy schedule, but, you know, we've met now and we've had a long chat before the podcast. And you strike me as somebody who has that kind of, Joie de vivre, if you don't mind me saying it, uh, and 
clearly a, a very um, low boredom threshold, a bit like me. But do you, do you strive for work-life balance or do you so enjoy what you do that it doesn't really matter? You know what? I actually don't think there's such a thing as work-life balance. And having been a female corporate executive for 20 years, where that's all I got pushed down my throat as a female executive, a leader in business with three young children, the conversation was always about work-life balance. And I always pushed back and said, well, what is balance? Um, I actually think it's more about integration. I think it's more about blending now. I think the reality is it's actually about finding what you love and then ensuring that you do the things you love. It's not about one thing versus the other. There is absolutely a way that you can integrate everything but it comes to choice. It comes down to the choice of what you say yes to and what you say no to. And, and for me, you know, there is, there, is, there is plenty of time to do things. So I've got now, as you mentioned in your intro, I've got uh, almost 17-year-old, a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. Uh, we're currently sort of heading for big exams with the almost 17-year-old. Um, I run my own business. I write books. I keep fit and healthy. Um, I catch up with my friends. It's, I mean, life is, for, life is for living. And despite that, despite it sounding wonderful, there's no doubts there are moments of incredible highs and incredible lows. But, you know, it really is about taking ownership of the life that you want to lead and not having any regrets. And, you know, I just, it's, to be honest, it was one of the things when, again, working corporately where I felt like I had to make a choice. And I went, no, I don't actually. I don't have to make a choice to, to be the successful leader or to be a pe- great parent. It's how I choose to be a great leader and to be a great parent. And, and I think that's the key. That is really well articulated. Um, and, I, and I'm not patronizing you when I say that because many, many guests before you, Geneve, really struggled to explain that when asked that particular question. And, and I love the words choice and I love the words no regrets. That really resonates with me. Uh, from a personal perspective, for lots of different reasons, which we haven't got time to explore today. Um, but for those who don't know Janine Garner, where did it all start? A little bit about your background without probing too deeply, but just just give us, um, you know, uh, the, the girl growing up, you know, breaking the mold within the family, because that was something that helped to define you as a person as well, I guess. So um, that a little bit oh, of a backstory, if that's okay. Yeah, no, well, I'm actually from the north of England originally. Um, I was born in a little village outside of Leeds. Uh, My dad was a poultry farmer, and uh, I grew up absolutely knowing how to drive a tractor and find the (laughs) eggs in the morning, and I was a real farmer's daughter. The words of wisdom were things like, where there's muck, there's brass love, and uh, he'll be reet, my dad would say to me. And I literally grew up in this, this little, very sort of, traditional farming community you know my my extended family were from uh durham i grew up during the, the miners strike so you know i can still remember as a kid the the lights going out and my mom handed me a fork with some bread on it and i was having to toast that over the fire so it was a pretty pretty basic basic upbringing school was was average i was teased a lot at school for being a bit of a nerd i always had my nose in a book and um, it was only, I was, I was so fortunate because I was 
of the generation where the, the government, the British government, were funding um, some people that couldn't afford to go to uni to go to uni. So I was lucky enough to get a full student grant and all my fees paid. And at the age of 18, I packed my bag and I left home and never went back, to be honest. Um, went and studied in Birmingham at Aston University, did a Bachelor of Science degree. My eyes were well and truly opened at possibility. Um, I think that was the first time, Sandra, Sandra, where I literally went, oh my God, there's a world outside of my little village in the north of England. You know, there are people with different backgrounds and different ideas and people with lots of money and people that have been, you know, on these crazy holidays. And wow, I just felt so naive, to be honest, during those, those four years at uni. But I graduated with, with a Bachelor of Science and I packed the bag and I headed to London again this time and um, started my corporate career um, working for a company called Coates Viella. I was a graduate trainee there and I literally worked my way up over sort of eight to nine years and ended up running the marketing department for the Jaeger brand um, that, that was around at the time. And... Um, then I did, I did a stint at uh, Sainsbury's home base. I was very much into marketing, building brands, rejuvenating brands, but always felt that I was constantly striving for more. I was constantly looking around and, and monitoring and studying what made the difference. Like, how did you work your way up that ladder? What was the difference between those that achieved a level of business success and those that didn't? And I can remember constantly questioning, but continually thinking I wasn't good enough, um, really doubting myself, feeling like an imposter, uh, just really struggling to, to fit in. And then I, I fell in love and uh, with an Aussie and uh, crazily came out here for a holiday. And after that holiday, landed back on the M25 in February at three o'clock in the afternoon and just went, I don't want to stay here anymore. It was like it was so dark and the traffic was crazy. And so I applied to uh, move to Australia. And at the age of 29, um, I packed everything up. I sold everything. I left my job. I sold the car. I sold all my belongings. And at the age of 29, jumped on a plane with a backpack, a resume, a permanent residency visa on my boyfriend and uh, arrived in Melbourne on the 1st of December 2000. And I literally had to rebuild my career in a country where I had no social proof, uh, rebuild my network in a country where I knew absolutely nobody, and also rebuild life at the age of 29, and this based on a dream. And I think that was the first time that I really started understanding and learning about the power of connection, how when we build uh, great relationships. We can unlock possibility. We can uh, find innovative ways to move forward and we can ultimately achieve the success that we wanted. And it was over that course of the next eight to nine years, I pretty much rebuilt my corporate career. Um, I ended up running the, um, I was actually group marketing director for a company called Oriton Group. So I was looking after the Ralph Lauren brand and the Oriton brand throughout Asia. And at the time I had uh, three kids under seven. Um, so as I said, I've still got them. They were just much smaller then. It was far more of a juggle. And I remember 
just the, the crazy, crazy time of both my husband and I were working full time. And we were at that stage where, you know, one of the children is sick and you're checking your phone to see who's got the least on so that they could actually take the day off. And life was mental. And I started to really question what was what was actually going on. I started to question uh, my own value system, what I wanted next. I started really looking at how that organization was running. I started to see where what was stopping talent moving up through the ranks. And um, I decided to, well, actually it was my daughter that, that gave me the push, to be honest, as well as there was two, three things that happened. I had the fortunate opportunity of having a private lunch with a woman called Abigail Disney. She's a grandniece of Walt Disney. And um, I did that question, how do you do it all, Abigail? And she, uh, she said to me, Janine, you don't have to uh, pack a backpack and climb Mount Everest. You simply have to choose to be a brick in the wall of change, is what she said to me. And then at the same time, I started, I was starting to come across incredible business women and, and female execs and entrepreneurs who were really following their dreams and they had this fire in their belly. And I was going, where's my fire gone? Why, why do I feel like I've got more to achieve and yet I'm feeling held back? And there was all these questions raising. And then I came home from work one day. And we were sat around the dinner table and my middle child, Taya, was, was five. And we were starting to talk about the day and she turned to me and she said, Mummy, why are you so busy? I said, well, darling, you know, I've studied hard and it's about getting enough money to pay the bills so we can go on holiday and get your toys and your clothes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she looked at me and she said, but Mummy, why are you so unhappy? <laughs> and at that moment that I went, oh my God, it was like, it was like she literally stabbed me in the belly because I went, oh my gosh, I must have, I can't remember how old I was. I must have been about 34, 35, 36. And I started going, oh my God, everything I have, I thought I was working for of proving I was good enough, of proving I could at the time make it in a man's world, of proving I could be successful, of proving I could have it all, of proving I could be a great mom and a great leader, all this stuff. And yet my own dreams had been put on hold. I was unhappy. I was working like crazy, long hours. Um, all my children saw mum on the phone all the time, mum taking a phone on holiday, mum getting grumpy, mum falling asleep on the sofa at the weekend. I just went, I have to do something about this. If I really want to be the inspiration for my kids. And if I really want to uh, unlock possibility in other people, then I've got to be brave enough to do it myself. Mm. And so that's actually, Sandra, that's, that's you know, there was also corporate bullying going on. There was a whole heap of stuff. And that, that's when I decided it was time to leave. So this was the, the next stage of my reinvention where I literally packed in the job. I, I packed in my six-figure salary, the job title and everything that comes with that. And I started to build my own business, which at the time was a, a women, an executive women's networking business, because I really believed that there were women out there like me that wanted to grow and develop and challenge and make money and be successful and build successful businesses, whilst at the same time being a great friend, a great partner or a good mother and and there were and I built this community that uh, 
uh, expanded across Australia. Uh, we were testing that community in uh, Singapore and in London. And I actually ended up getting to this next stage of my career where it was like I was starting to get asked to speak. I started, I'd written two books by this time. I was being employed by organizations to help develop high-performing teams and life was really crazy again and I had to make a choice and it was a choice of either continuing to build my own business or doing this new work that I loved and I decided to sell LBD Group as it was. I sold it in March 2019 and I pretty much reinvented myself again there which is in this space of uh, working with individuals, with leaders, with corporate teams to unlock the brilliance within those individuals, those leaders and their teams. Because I, I absolutely do believe that everybody has got brilliance in them, but that for some reason we are conforming, we're afraid to show our brilliance, we're afraid to step up. And if I can unlock that, if I can help individuals connect more, collaborate more, be more their brilliant selves, then actually we do create extraordinary results. So, so my journey's been a little bit all over the place. And, and I think it is when I look back and sort of map out my life on top of that of researching these leaders around the world through my own podcast and the research, it was incredible, a bit like you were saying when we were off air, of it was incredible how the same traits were coming up, the same conversations about the things that, that happened when they shifted from being good to being brilliant, when they actually took ownership, when they stopped, when we stopped striving and proving and actually went, you know what, I am all And if I can bring the best of me to what I do, then magic happens. And, and that's been my life and my journey so far. Wow. I, I, I'm thinking of all the parents who were glancing nervously at each other when they heard you say, you know, the conversation with, with daughter across the kitchen table, mummy, why do you work so hard? And then we, we all tend to trot out all the reasons why, the justifications, yeah. uh, trying to prove ourselves, as you say. Now, you've mentioned the word reinvention a few times. You are known as the queen of reinvention. And <laughs> clearly no one has a better CV than you, Janine, based on what you just told us. Um, and I've recently actually read an article by you, uh, which is excellent, by the way, Barriers to Your Brilliance, where you say, I think I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing the right way, two enemies to our brilliance, fatigue and blame. And, and blame's a word I, I use a lot, you know, when I do my own presentations. What are the main causes of these barriers then, Janine, based on uh, all of your experience to date? Oh, I, I, it absolutely is fatigue and blame that stop people from becoming more. So if I talk about fatigue first, um, the reality is that we are exhausted with even thinking about the future. We're exhausted with change. We're exhausted with business evolution. We're exhausted with changing in processes and procedures. We're exhausted with keeping up with our friends online and offline. We're exhausted with what to buy, with what choices to go to the gym, with what type of coffee, with what type of food, and let alone where, what, what we're actually going to do in terms of our lives. It's almost become so exhausting 
being human right now. And I classify exhaustion in three levels. I think the first level is of fatigue. Sorry, is where we're actually fatigued with being exhausted. It's like we're, we're, we're tired of being tired. We're tired of being busy. And everyone um, that I spoke to as I was writing, this just kept coming up. I'm just tired. I'm busy. I'm tired. I'm busy. So we're fatigued. We're actually suffering from First of all, exhaust fatigue. The second fatigue is um, we're exhausted with stretch fatigue. We're being stretched in multiple directions in terms of the roles that we're supposed to be playing, uh, the demands at work, the demands at home. Uh, we're being stretched in terms of how we look after ourselves, the, the what we do in terms of our health and our fitness. And it feels like, I've, I think I've read in my book, we feel like Elastigirl, the equivalent of Elastigirl just being stretched hmm. and stretched to the extreme that it's exhausting. And the third type of fatigue that kicks in is choice fatigue. We're actually fatigued with the amount of choices that we have. Do we do this job or that job? Do we study this or that? Do we buy this or that? Do we do this form of exercise or that form of exercise? Um, should I stand up and give a presentation? Should I do it online? Should I go into the office? Should I work from home? Do I drive this car? Do I get into the office on the train? Whatever it is, the choices are exhausting us. And the other thing is with choice, we make a decision and then we start doubting ourselves because of the decision we've made and we wonder whether it's good enough. And so this exhaustion, this trifold, trifecta of exhaustion is keeping us still and it's stopping us from moving forward because we're just mentally, physically and emotionally tired. The second thing that gets in the way of our own brilliance is blame. And I like to think of blame as, as, as I've said, there's like an epidemic of blameitis out there where there's a triangle of blame. We either um, detract from ourselves and our own inability to achieve something by blaming something else for our lack of the government, um, the economy, uh, health. Uh, the environment, um, the system, the community, we, we detract from our own lack of process by putting it out as somebody, something else's fault. The other point of the triangle is one of deflection, where we deflect our lack of progress onto someone else. It's someone else's fault that I don't have the budget, that I haven't on the business, that I haven't been able to train to run that marathon. Whatever it is, it's someone else's fault. And that final point of the triangle is, is one that I call defeatist. And this is where it becomes our own fault. We blame ourselves. We don't think we're good enough. We suffer from imposter syndrome. Uh, we debilitate ourselves with, with a lack of self-belief. Or at worst, we start comparing ourselves to others and that stops us. And both of those things, the fatigue and the blame, work against us becoming better. They keep us well and truly from status quo, they keep our feet well and truly stuck on the ground, and they stop us from moving forward 1%, 2%, 5%. It just keeps us still. And so for me, this, this, this concept of becoming more, of becoming more brilliant, of following your goals and your dreams, of knowing that you have everything inside of you to take that next step requires you to take ownership of absolutely everything. It requires you to take ownership of your choices you make, the actions you take, and the direction in which you are going. And all of us 
get into the fatigue or the blame at some point, but it's being able to be aware of it, to notice it, to move past it, that allows you to take one step closer to becoming more awesome at what it is that you're doing. And that, uh, Janine, is an awesome answer. I've, I've also seen, uh, and I love this quote from you, we are all rare gems designed to shine, created under enormous pressure. So a lot of what you've just said, obviously, um, that's what, part of where that comes from. Was that the motivation behind Be Brilliant, your latest book? Yeah, it was because I, I, what I was starting to see, uh, Sandro, in, in the work that I was doing, whether it be, you know, speaking to audiences or working with leaders or teams, was all of this self-doubt, all of this hiding, all of this um, almost smoothing off of jiggly bits of the various facets that make them then to try and fit in and then become beige, quite frankly, become invisible because there's no standing out and I like to think of us as rare gems where your history is what makes you you your experience is what makes you you the highs and the lows of your life are what feed you and fuel you with experience and opinion and insight and we can just own that stuff if we can bring it to the surface and instead of smoothing off our edges to fit in Instead of that, just embrace our differences and know that each and every single one of us is unique, has uniqueness of thought, of ideas, of opinions, of experiences. And if we can bring that and stop faking it till we make it, we can just bring all of ourselves to our conversations, to the people that we meet, to the work that we are doing, then we'll actually move further quicker. Because I don't think we can connect in the right way. If we're hiding parts of ourselves, we cannot collaborate in the right way. If we're hiding parts of ourselves, we cannot become better if we're always hiding parts of ourselves. So this ownership piece is actually about coming to terms with who you are, which is hard, right? Because it's the stuff that's beaten out of us in the playground, in the workplace, uh, by the 360 to reviews in corporate. Um, you know, we're in a society where we're rewarding conformity and yet the world that we're living in right now needs us to be extraordinary. It needs us to be brave enough, to be curious, to challenge, to connect the pieces differently, uh, to trust our intuition, to inspire other people. And how can we possibly unlock that in other people if we're always hiding a part of ourselves? Uh, you know, you and I have got a bit in common. Uh, Aston University, um, small villages just outside Leeds. We'll talk about all that separately. We haven't got time today. Um, but but I'm, I'm loving chatting to you today, Janine. Thank you so much for lifting the lid on, um, on so many, uh, just giving us answers to so many of life's great questions that many of us struggle with. It, the queen of reinvention can easily answer this question, but there's a lot of people out there at the moment, Janine, who are are stuck. You know, they are unhappy for a particular reason. It may not be working out for them in life, failed relationship, maybe they're struggling in business, maybe a degree of inertia is not allowing them to kind of move forward and they're finding it easy to make those excuses to stay comfortable. How does someone go about reinventing themselves? If we've got people listening today who are saying, okay, Janine, how do I do what you've done so many times? Left home at 18, moved to Australia at 29 with nothing more than a backpack. You know, you found it easy. How do we find it easy? 
I don't know if I found it easier. I think it's more I've had a determination and an acknowledgement that it's actually up to me. Um, I often say to people in work, you know, companies own your job. You own your career. And there's a subtlety there, right? Companies own your job, and they do. But you own your career. And it's, it's the same with your own business. Um, you know, I've got quite a few private clients at the moment who are absolutely having to think about how to reinvent as they work through these current challenging times. And what I've been saying to them is your vision never has to change how you get there might. Um, and that's the ownership piece. It's about understanding that every step you take is your responsibility. The way you respond to things is your responsibility. The choices you make is your responsibility. And so this concept of, of brilliance, and, and don't get me wrong, I know it's, it's quite a utopia view, but I go, who the hell says you shouldn't be brilliant? Why, you know, when you talk to the most successful people in the world, they are exactly like you and me. And you will have seen this through your interviews. They're exactly like you and me. They have the same fears, the same insecurities, the same worries about being imposter, the, the same concerns. And yet they have gone, I'm owning this and I'm stepping forward because my success, my life is down to me. And so I know brilliant, brilliance is a choice. It absolutely is your choice anyone that's listening to decide to become better tomorrow than you are today, to become better tomorrow than you are today. It was, um, oh gosh, who's the guy that climbed Mount Everest? I've totally forgotten his name. It's so late here in Sydney now. <laughs> uh, well, there's quite a few of them. Are you talking about Edmund Hillary or? Which one? Uh, Edmund Hillary. Edmund Hillary. There you go. You see, I've been talking all day. He <laughs> said, it's not the mountain we must conquer. It's ourselves. Mm. It's not the mountain we must conquer, it's ourselves. And I absolutely believe in that. I think better is something we become. And it, it absolutely requires us to make the choice because brilliance is a practice. Brilliance is a discipline. You see, what I see happening when people are struggling or they get stuck, the, the, the way that we try and fix it is we acquire stuff. <laughs> And yet we're still unhappy. Yeah. We acquire skills by learning the seven easy steps to or doing that leadership course or learning about X, Y, or Z. And yet we still don't think we're good enough. You know, we acquire connections through social media or going to networking events. And yet we're still feeling disconnected. And I go, so what's wrong with this? The, the fundamental thing, the only thing that you can ever, ever rely on is yourself. And the decision is, who are you? Who are you being? And ultimately, who do you want to become? That is the only choice you have to make. Uh, there, are, there are several uh, keynote platforms I've got to introduce you to, Janine. This is, uh, this is inspiring, to say the very, very least. Um, oh, thank unfor you. Unfortunately, little time left. So but two very important things still to cover. First of all, for all of those people who are equally inspired out there listening to you today, uh, and again, thank you for finding the time. How do people find out more about you? We, we know, of course, uh, JanineGarner.com, a bit of a bit of a social media buff as well. I think looking at um, looking at all the uh, all the handles, uh, mainly at Janine Garner, but just just run us through them if if you would, so we know how to get hold of you. 
Yeah, so you can head to my website, janinegarner.com.au. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Janine Garner, Instagram as Janine Garner, Facebook as Janine Garner. There is a YouTube channel too. Gosh, I'm everywhere. It's quite <laughs> frightening, isn't it? And if you're interested in the latest book, which is called Be Brilliant, How to Lead a Life of Influence, um, that has its own specific page, bebrilliantbook.com. Um, yeah, so you can you can find me everywhere. God, I sound terrible. <laughs> I, I don't think you sound terrible at all. Um, I, I, like I said, an incredible CV that many people will be very envious of, but I think they're all uh, suitably inspired to try and achieve uh, such brilliance as well. Uh, what we will do, Janine, is we're going to get hold of a copy of that book. Um, we're going to purchase a copy through the Sandro Forte podcast, and we will make it available as a prize. Nearly all of our guests either donate one or we, uh, we purchase one. On this occasion, we'll purchase one. And uh, all the guests know how this works. All the listeners know how this works. Um, we will make one available um, for those who forward, like the post, and all the other things that they now know about. So that's the thing we will definitely do. Final question. And, um, well, no, no one better qualified to answer this question than you. Uh, one of your three lovely children come up to you one day and they say, so, mum, uh, now you've stopped making all those excuses uh, about working so hard and, and all the rest of it and you're being as brilliant as you possibly can be. We want to follow in your footsteps. We'd like some guidance on dealing with life and business and being that authentic self. What few words of wisdom, if you could condense everything down that you've learned uh, over this supremely talented and, uh, and, and perfectly balanced life that you've led. Uh, what would you say to one of those three children or indeed to all of them if they, if they ask you that question? So the kind of the few words of wisdom, the mantra by which they could live their life. It's an interesting question because I, we're having these conversations right now and, um, and why it's interesting is because if we're not careful, we all form into conformity. What do you want to be when you become, when you grow up? Where do you want to go to uni? What's the qualification? Blah, blah, blah. And I have to stop myself because you are then putting conformity and a way of living onto your own kids. I, I really believe my children are a gift for a very short time. And my job is to hopefully teach them to be beautiful human beings. And the advice I've given all of them, um, and it is because I landed up following, ended up, you know, following a traditional corporate career and for such a long time felt like I couldn't move and do things. The advice I give all of them is whatever you do, find something you love, find something that fires up your belly, find something that doesn't even feel like work, um, find something that you're passionate about, that you want to keep learning about, that you want to become the best at. And that's all you need to do. It, it doesn't matter what it is, but find, find that passion. And that, Janine Gunner, is a beautiful answer to a fantastic podcast today. Thank you so very much for um, sharing, and, and particularly in the middle of such a, a busy schedule with the promotion of your book, and obviously calling from the other side of the world at some unearthly hour when you're, uh, you're probably wanting to go to bed rather than talk to us. So um, thank you so much for uh, so much inspiration, motivation, but also, I think, insights into the way we can all uh, develop ourselves as perfect human beings and finding that inner brilliance. So Janine Garner, thank you once again so very much for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast today. Thank you so much for having me.